morning announcements. The Retro Club will be meeting today to discuss Beetlejuice. And also, the book club has been moved to the auditorium. So remember to bring your copy of the handbook for the recently deceased. Hi, welcome to the Retro Club. I'm John. And I'm Megan. And today we're going to talk about 1988's Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. This is our second episode, so if you, caught, if you caught our uh, little hint teaser there at the end of the first episode, yeah, that's... hopefully you knew that's what we were going to talk about today. But before we jump in, is there any movie news that you'd like to share? Well, today, about, let's see, 1986, so... Well, I guess when we say today, we mean when we're recording. By the time you guys hear this, it's a little late on the news, but... Well, 36 years ago, Night of the Creeps and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 both came out. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is going to play into what we talk about today. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) Something really, really fun. That I got from doing some research. Kind of a downer. Um, I think it's still going to be pretty prominent when you guys hear this episode, but Olivia Newton-John passed away. Yeah, that was heartbreaking. Because I didn't realize, I mean, besides her music career, her movie career is, um, I mean, so like well-known, I guess, and spread out over. I feel like a lot of people like olivia newton john and her movies and her music and yeah she was a crush for a lot of people man me included i mean it's hard to top her in greece well i mean i like xanadu wrong with that (laughs) if you like musical roller skating muses then that's the movie for you and the music of elo can't forget that oh yeah i see i don't use the Oh. Initials, I just say the. Don't forget, she was also in the physical video. Yeah, her she song. She wore a headband in that. Yeah, she wore a lot of spandex yeah. in that movie. But that's sad and unfortunate that she passed away. Very sad. But um, I feel like a lot of movie theaters and drive-ins and uh, just different movie people came together and did a lot of tributes to her. and Yeah. It, people were really kind about it. Mm-hmm. And really, like, I think a lot of people played the music from Greece all week. Mm-hmm. And what we saw Greece at the drive-in two times, three times? Yeah, a couple years ago. We yeah. It's been a while, but yeah, we went and saw it. Yeah, it was a really fun experience. Mm-hmm. But we'll lighten the mood now, and I guess we can kind of <laughs> jump into Beetlejuice now if you want, unless you had any other information that you want to share. I News? just want to talk about me getting stuck out in Amish country for a whole day. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know those people had actually they like were allowed to have actual fun. The Amish? Yeah. 
they're not allowed to smile. It, it's just weird because every time you see them, it's like a Children of the Corn movie. Like they've walked down the road and you can just tell their day's going to be long and rough. Are you sure it was Amish and not like Mennonite? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know they could. Play, I didn't know they could play baseball. Not only play baseball, but all of them be good at it. No, oh. you saw them playing baseball. Yes, I was so stunned. I pulled my vehicle over just to watch a little bit. Oh they had this one dude. I don't know what his name was. I'm going to guess like Eli or something. And he was just he was just popping dingers. He was just he was laying wood to it. Oh, neat. I've I've never seen so many bowl cuts try to sprint for a fence. <laughs> This is just out in the open. Yeah. They were just playing baseball. It was really cool. They were wearing all these like long clothes and stuff like that. And they playing in boots. Oh no. Yuck. <laughs> the calluses. <sighs> Ugh. Bunions. I Imagine that. Twelve hours in the field, then you get to go play baseball. That's your fun. In what? the heat. I would not do any manual labor. <laughs> at all not for work or not for fun you ain't catching me on my feet no no <laughs> i do i do sit for eight hours a day and then i go home and sit some more <laughs> <laughs> i'm not very active but anyway back. it's fine it's fine i'm fine back to the discussion at hand yeah so i guess we'll just jump into beetlejuice then so yeah. let's go ahead and start with probably a synopsis. If you haven't seen Beetlejuice, honestly surprised, but I have met some people who haven't seen it. One of them was like my own sister. I think she'd only seen it in the last couple of years, which yeah. is really surprising. It's really crazy because I've met people that are my age and never watched it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of blew me away because that movie has been around so long. Not you would just think somebody would have stumbled upon upon it it's always on tv yeah that and especially with my generation i don't know what the the hype is about it but it's a tim burton movie it is yeah. directed by tim burton well you guys grew up during the tim burton boom too yeah and to have people who haven't seen it that's what i'm saying is surprising is yeah. you have people who love nightmare before christmas and yeah uh edward scissorhands and sleepy hollow mm-hmm. but, but- you have people that don't like a lot of his movies, too. I guess. But I feel like, I don't know, it's all in the same vein, so having not yeah. seen this movie is strange. But if you are one of the few that haven't seen this movie, we'll go ahead and give you the breakdown. So the synopsis of the movie is, and this is, I assume, what's on the the movie box or uh-huh. on the back of the DVD, whatever, It says, after Barbara and Adam Maitland die in a car accident, they find themselves stuck haunting their country residence, unable to leave the house. When the unbearable Dietzes and teen daughter Lydia buy the home, the Maitlands attempt to scare them away without success. Their efforts attract Beetlejuice, a rambunctious spirit whose help quickly becomes dangerous for the Maitlands and innocent Lydia. Rambunctious. I that's a word. If there was ever the word. I guess <laughs> that's Man. a word for it. So the cast, um, you've got Gina Davis. Yeah. Who plays um Barbara Maitland. How yeah. could I forget Barbara? And <laughs> Adam screaming. Played by Alec Baldwin. Who he was a failing actor, really. He was really only big on TV. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the Alec Baldwin we all come to know and love today. I get I I don't know. I, all the Baldwin and stuff, I don't keep track of them. Honestly, this may be the only movie I like him in. You'll have to 
name some others that... Oh, with Alec Baldwin? Yes, that I may enjoy. Well, he went back to TV and became a megastar. Oh, doing so, what? I'd have to really look at the his breakdown. Oh. Because he got really big doing like comedy again. Hmm. See, I can't picture him in anything else. I can picture the Baldwins. Like, I can see them all, all oh, the different ones in their different movies. Billy but... and Steven, and I think there's another one in there, like a Derek Baldwin. I don't. I don't think Derek's one of them, but we'll go with it. I don't know, but I like this movie, and this Baldwin's okay. Um, <laughs> and then you've got Catherine O'Hare, who yeah. plays the, oh, what is her name? In the movie? Deets, Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh no. How could I forget her name? I'm so mad at myself. It's Delia. That's right. Delia Dietz Mm -hmm. and Winona Ryder is their teen daughter, Lydia. Yeah. Delia is also the mom from Home Alone. Oh, not Delia, Catherine. I mean, her character name is Delia. That's what I was like. Yeah, you know what I meant. I didn't know what you mean. That's why I had to ask. And you have Jeffrey Jones, who was in a ton of movies I love. Ferris Bueller. Yeah. He was uh, in... Howard the Duck. Yeah. Uh, who's Harry Crumb? Oh, he I don't was know in uh, Sleepy Hollow. He is. He's done some work. I didn't know he was in that. In what? Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever seen Sleepy Hollow in its entirety. What? Yeah. Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow? Yeah, I don't think I have. Not the whole thing. Oh, man. Now we got a movie now you got to knock gotta out. watch it. I know. Well, it's a perfect time for it because it's the fall. Mm-hmm. And Halloween's coming. So it'd be nice to watch really something good... new. Yeah. And that movie has a really good cast. Oh, Mom the is... Sleepy Hollow or Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. It's got Robert Goulet in it. The Goulet. Oh, God. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the only other movie I know that he makes an appearance in is... <laughs> um, <laughs> Scrooge. Oh, Scrooge, yeah. Yeah, just him on the river. <laughs> he was singing on the bayou. <laughs> that was funny. I don't even remember what he was singing. I don't oh, know. Oh, Bell. Oh, John. <laughs> Jesus. It's Christmas time on the bayou. Great. Wonderful. <laughs> but back to Beetlejuice. That's what we're here to talk about. First of all, I think... You couldn't have had a better cast. I don't know if I would have replaced anybody. Oh my in gosh! This movie. Especially Otho. Oh, I don't know what his name is. Who plays Otho? Well, he's got a great name. It's Glenn Shaddix. Oh, so Otho plays the um, interior designer that helps. Yeah, <laughs> Delia, will you lighten up? <laughs> he's got some great one-liners. My favorite line is when he says, "Deliver me from L. L. Bean." <laughs> I love when he gets put into like that 1970s outfit and you can just tell like everything about his life just got ruined and then he screams yeah, and runs off. But I was, I was really happy with the cast. I like who they picked and just, I don't know the whole breakdown of the movie. This is one, I don't want to like jump all the way to the end, but I personally really like this movie. I love this movie. It's, it's really hard not to like this movie. It's, it's it's unique. It's one of a kind. Mm-hmm. I can't compare it to anything. It's also fun. Like everyone in the family can watch it. There really there may be some parts that are a little scary for younger kids, especially yeah. like the sandworms and stuff. But uh, overall, I think it's a really good family movie too. You know what's really hard to do with this movie? 
Mm-hmm. It's hard to categorize it. Yeah. Because you can say it's a comedy, it's a sci-fi, it's a horror, it's an adventure. Mm-hmm. You could really do anything with it. I've heard people like defend it hard that it's a comedy adventure over anything else. I don't know about adventure. That's like a loose... That one's pretty loose. I wouldn't pick that. I would go comedy, definitely. Yeah. Um, family movie. Horror is even kind of pushing it, too, because it's not that scary, even though the content, I guess, is supposed to be. Just just when you see it on the surface, it looks like it should be scary. Well, but... if you go overseas to some country, the actual movie is called like Poltergeist Beetlejuice. Oh. So they pushed it as a horror film. I yeah, and that's it's okay. You could call it a light horror. I think family, family, family fun horror. horror. Yes, <laughs> which is always fun. But um, what are some numbers about the about the movie itself? Oh, something really crazy about Beetlejuice. For its time, it got a really low budget. Okay, it got fifteen million dollars. So in today's money, that's like thirty-seven point six. But what's crazy is, so they have $14 million to work with, and that's counting that they built the house, the Deets house. Mm-hmm. And then they only had a million dollars left to do the effects. Okay, well. Now think about that. But the effects were mostly like claymation. Yeah, but you got to think about backgrounds, character makeup, character wardrobe. So and they the paid everybody. Snake. So they paid them all dirt, is what they did. Yeah, they would have had to. Essentially. That's why that movie is so good, because they did a lot of stuff that doesn't... It shouldn't work, but it works. You said this came out in 1988? Mm-hmm. See, it also feels like it's a more modern than 1988. That's what I mean. Like, it it holds up. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at that makeup, and, like, they just put on the characters mm-hmm. for, like, when they're out in the afterlife. It, it holds up. There's no other way for no other way for me to describe it. I mean, I would definitely think if I were to just see it for the first time, I would put it I would think somewhere in the 90s. I wouldn't have guessed the 80s. Well, the Beetlejuice cartoon came and really pushed into the 90s, so And that that's probably true. I do remember the cartoon. Yeah. And they made Beetlejuice like I don't know, short and squatty. They made him friendly. They made him the friend. They did, yeah. Instead of him being what he was supposed to be. It's kind of kind of different. Yeah, because in the real movie, Lydia's like grossed out by him and scared of him because he's yeah. this grown dead man <laughs> who wants to marry a, what, 14-year-old, 15-year-old girl yeah, to come don't into forget. the he land of the living. Don't forget, he honks that wiener. <laughs> At the... <laughs> The cartoon, he's, yeah, they are just like this little tag team. Yeah, they just go on random, like, adventures in the underworld. And then the parents just act like nothing's going on. They must be, like, drugged up or something. They don't really care at the end of the movie, though, the live action. Because at the end of it, she is dancing in the air with the Maitlands, and they're just like, oh, she must have gotten an A. (laughs) Like, they don't really seem bothered by it. (laughs) They, They learn to live with the ghosts. Well, they're not going anywhere. But in all all honesty, like with Beetlejuice, like he's kind of like a prankster and all that. But it's hard to tell if he's like a bad guy or a good guy because he definitely saved Adam and Barbara from going into purgatory. 
Yeah, but that was for personal gain. That was just a showboat. He still did it. I guess, but he the end goal wasn't to save the Maitlands. The end goal was to scare the living. He really didn't care about what happened. If they still died, then they died. Or, you know, they went to purgatory because they're already dead. But I feel like he still didn't care. He's a trash person. I mean... Do not try to make Beetlejuice a good guy. He's not a good guy. It's hard for me not to defend him. I mean, he got to go to Dante's Inferno. Yeah. (laughs) It It doesn't matter. He's sleazy, he's dirty, and not a good person. Plus, he has all them great one-liners. Oh, he's funny. I think he's a good, uh, like, antagonist to the movie. He definitely brings the comedy, but... Yeah, not bad for a character that's only in the movie 16 minutes. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't get a lot of screen time. No, and apparently... He ad-libbed all of his lines. Not one of them comes from the script. I feel like some of it had to. A couple of lines had to. They couldn't have just thrown him in. No, I'm sure they had ideas, but it didn't work for what he was going for. Well. Because he came up with the whole look for Beetlejuice himself. Well, that's just the look. That's not his dialogue. But But that's also coming up with the character, the walk, the way he talks. Like... Beetlejuice goes from being someone that's really loud to someone that has kind of a like a list about something. And then he goes to where you can't understand what he's saying. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Beetlejuice, the character, and I like Michael Keaton. I think uh, he did a great job. I'm oh, not yeah. saying I Michael don't Keaton's like him. I, I'm just I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here and telling you, like saying that <laughs> he's a bad guy because he is a bad guy. But he I is, like he's, he that he's the, a bad the antagonist. guy. But he's like, a likable antagonist. It's kind of like um, Billy in Stranger Things, which you should be caught up by now. He is That was like a season and a half ago. Um, but I, I liked Billy as the bad guy. Like, I loved him as a bad guy. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people you can say that about. Like Patrick Bateman mm-hmm. from American Psycho. I don't know a single person that dislikes him. But you know they're still bad people. But you yeah. appreciate the character that they play. And he also saved Adam and Barbara, and I'm going to stand by that. Okay, well, fine. It doesn't make him a good guy in any way. That was just a he happy did do, accident. He did do some shady shit. Even yeah. in when he's waiting his turn to go <laughs> into the underworld. I mean, for At his the end spot, of the movie. he changes numbers with that dude. Mm-hmm. Man. What like a way to, what a way to end that movie. <laughs> it is a funny ending where he shrinks his head. hey there goes elvis yo king that is funny i do like the ending he has he has some great Mm one-liners but uh that movie made a ton of money yeah for the time i mean even just because of how much they spent versus how much it brought in and the movie was an afterthought really Mm -hmm. they never planned on it being a draw and it ended like being in the top 10 for that year, which is a big deal because you're talking 1988 and a ton of not only just horror movies came out that year, but a ton of movies, a ton of memorable movies, too. Did it come out around Halloween? I don't know what time of year it came out. I guess I didn't look that up, but I believe it came out like in March. That's a weird time. 
I don't know. I just assumed it would be like a... Yeah, March 30th. Hmm. Okay, well. But that movie, strange. But it made $74 million. So in today's money, that's 185, damn near 186 million. So it made it made its money. Oh yeah, good for them. And people were really hunting to get Tim Burton to work for them because he came off that big success with Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and that movie was a sleeper hit that did well at the box office. Mm-hmm. We won't get into that. I wanted to start talking about, it, but we'll. <laughs> Just to avoid too much discussion, because I know we'll, we'll cover that eventually. I well, want to. With Tim Burton, I do want to talk about. He kept turning down scripts. He just couldn't find anything he liked. And the movie that he was like was getting ready to accept was Hot to Trot, which is a movie with John Candy as a horse, oh. <laughs> and Bobcat Goldthwait as the lead. Like. A real horse or uh-huh. a cartoon? No, it's a it's a real movie. Oh, okay. It, yeah, it's a real movie. I've never heard of this. Yeah, not not a lot of people have unless you grew up during that time. But Hot to Trot was uh, is bad. Bob, Did just, it actually get made? Yeah, Bobcat Goldthwait got paid. Oh, is it kind of like a? Milo and Otis situation where you have real life animals and they're just voiceover. John Candy is like doing a Mr. Ed thing and Bobcat Goldthwait is his like friend trainer guy. That's what I'm saying. Is he like it's voiceover where you're actually looking <laughs> at a real life horse? Yes. And it's, okay. Only it's got John Candy's voice. Oh, Lord. That's... And then the horse talks better than Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. That does not. Um, I mean, now trying to put that in your head and get the perspective that you got to hear a horse talk better than him. Mm. It's really hard to accept. And that's still a movie that got made. I've seen a lot of bad movies. I yes. Feel yes, like I've seen a lot of bad movies. I'm, I got to at least see it once, but that does not sound <laughs> appealing, really. Yeah. I just. With Beetlejuice, going back to Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we got I got sidetracked. Hi. It's fine. Going back to Beetlejuice, it was a one of a kind for its time. It's a movie I think will keep standing up to anything it's put against. And with Tim Burton, you know, he's kind of got a formula. Mm, yeah. It's going to have Danny Elfman. Yes. It's going to have the cookie cutter look. For, like, the town that's with outside the walls. Yeah, like the misshape. Everything's kind of like a asymmetrical yes. and weird shape. I feel like you don't have to see his name to know that it's his... His work, his, his movie. Yeah, his movie. It's just, he has his own, his own style. Mm-hmm. And he thinks the weirdest things are funny. Yeah. Like, for Mars Attacks... He put donuts in that movie because he thought donuts are funny. Oh. Which is a weird reason to put something in a movie, just because it made you chuckle. But that's who he is. He's just a, he's an odd guy with a, he's just on another level of brilliance. I can't be mad, though. I mean, even if you don't like some of Tim Burton's movies, you do have to admit he's created this whole world that 
you can't deny it when you see it when it's yeah. his. And I mean, I guess you could say that's his success. That it really is. He doesn't even have to put. You don't have to see his name to know it's him. So yeah. that's. You can see a title and be like, "Oh, that's going to be a Tim Burton movie." Yeah. Or yeah, he just gravitates toward the same type of stuff. So yeah, if you know what the content is, you're like, man, if Tim Burton isn't directing that, I'll be shocked. Yeah, like I saw the the teaser photo for that new Adams Family show that's coming. What's it called? Wednesday. Yes. I was like, I wonder mm-hmm. if that's going to have anything to do with Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, is direct, it? I figured it's his show. I figured. But did you know this movie won an Oscar? No, I did not. Yeah, it won for Best Makeup. You want to hear the movies it it beat? In that category? Yeah, for 1988. Go for it. It beat Coming to America. Okay. And our one of our favorites, Scrooged. Which is crazy because Danny Elfman was did featured in two big movies that year because Scrooge was was a big hit now I mean I can see why Beetlejuice beat those coming to America for sure I mean the makeup in Beetlejuice if you think about when they go to the underworld or when they go to purgatory wherever it is that they're going I guess the afterlife we're not really supposed to know what it is yeah just know it's the afterlife yeah I think I would assume it's purgatory if you've not gotten to one place or another that's but um yeah all just all the different people and the the designs that they had to do i feel like that would definitely beat them out because scourge did have some good stuff with the the ghost and yeah but the reaper yeah i still think they're it's definitely more involved in beetlejuice yeah with coming to america it was all about the multiple characters that they put eddie murphy and arsenio hall in with Beetlejuice, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, I guess I did forget about that. Yeah, but with Beetlejuice, it's so many characters, mm-hmm. like it, even down to just like the shrunken head man, right? Or the guy that has this, this rattlesnake in the sleeping bag. What about just all the random people when the flat guy is going on the clothesline? Yeah. Just all those people that you only see for a split second. They had and, to take the time to do the makeup for those people. Yeah, and that's so memorable. I mean, you get the one girl who gets the close up that she's like blue, I think, and has pink hair. Or so. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Even the football players. Yeah, there's just a lot. Of, well, and such an iconic moment is when the Maitlands do their scary faces. Like, let me. Yeah, yeah, where they create their own, mm-hmm. their own fright. That's such a memorable moment when she grabs her. Or no, what does she do? She pulls her face forward. And Is that Adam what she stuffs does? his hand through his back of his head. That's right. She does grab like her top and bottom lip and pulls it out, and yeah. then her uh, her eyes roll out on her tongue. A really cool part about that's Adam that has the eyes on his hands, and he still holds his glasses up to look through them. Oh, <laughs> somehow yeah. he manages to multiply his eyeballs to have one on each finger. You know what? Now that I say that out loud, uh, for, again, someone who hasn't seen this movie, that does sound pretty graphic where i'm like oh you know just where her eyes roll up her tongue and (laughs) he ends up having an eyeball on every finger and a hand through his head it's cool and that movie has some really just 
dark humor. Oh yeah. Like Lydia's saying she's that the stepmom's sleeping with Prince Valium tonight. Oh yeah. That's true. Well, I thought you were just going to go straight to when she's writing her suicide note. Yeah. She has to make it as dark and brooding as right. possible. Even marks it out because she's like, that's not good enough. She needed a thesaurus. I am <laughs> utterly alone. <laughs> it, I mean, that's really dark when you think about it. You've got this teenage girl who just wants to end her life because her parents suck and her two best friends are dead. Yeah. And you know, they, they already said it. They don't have good Chinese food. No. Not like, where where were they from? New York? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, living in that small town, she ain't going to be able to find like Depeche Mode and the Cure records. They're just not out there. We don't know what's all in the town. That old guy probably has a bunch of stuff in his general store. (laughs) No. Or he was the barber, wasn't he? Yeah. The guy sitting outside. Yeah. Yeah. But no, there ain't no way they had that in that general store. You never know. You never know. I'm I'm basing that off of the family member that tried to sell their house. Oh. Uh, the woman who helped decorate the house, or? Yeah. You're talking about the realtor? Yeah. She was like a cousin. I don't know what she was to them. Annoying. <laughs> Pushing someone to have kids. Or, you know, knowing they can't have kids and giving them crap for having such a big house. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> Stupid. She was annoying her and her little kid. When they're like, yeah. what happened to him? They died. <laughs> I just think of that girl in the back seat. Awful. That's a skeleton key. That key will open any room in the house. Which I helped decorate that whole house, if you want to tell your mom. Yeah. Stop trying to freaking just jump in on people. Profit off people's tragedies. Get Ugh, out. It's gross. Ew. Ew. And they're redheaded. For shame. Were they redheaded? It wasn't the little girl was, at least. Oh, you might be right. Ugh, haunting. Gotta talk about the bridge. Okay. I thought that was a really fun way for them to go out. Fun? I guess fun's a word. I don't know if that's a word. Well, they had to die. It could have been a lot worse. It, it could have, I guess. Well, because the dog, they made it funny because the dog is the only thing right. keeping the car from More falling. dark humor. Yeah. That poor little guy's like... Nah. And even during the credits, you see the, on his model, it has the, the bridge has a hole in it. Yeah, that is something I didn't notice until later. If the very beginning of the movie, which I can't remember when I first noticed it, but when the camera's panning through the town, there was always one part that I realized you were actually looking at a model, like a scale model, not the actual town. Uh, I think when I first saw it, for some reason, and I don't know what it was about it, but it's like a a moving truck or an ice cream truck or yeah. something. That's when I saw that truck, I was like, wait, that doesn't look right. And then I realized that it was panning over his model. But if you look closely in the beginning, just and nothing's really happening. It's just the credits are rolling across the screen and it's going through the town. But when you go over the bridge, there is a hole in the bridge where the Maitlands go through. Yeah. <laughs> that scale model played such a big part into that movie. Well, that's what starts the whole movie. They have to go into town yeah, to get the part to fix the bridge. 
and and Adam has to escape the model mm-hmm. to be able to stop Beetlejuice. Oh, in the car, yeah. Yep, the truck. Oh, excuse me, the truck. <laughs> but I mean, Beetlejuice's grave's out there. Mm-hmm. That large Zagnut bar was in there that he got like, to fly I, with. Yeah, I guess it makes you makes me want to see. So that means Beetlejuice lived in that town. If that is a scale model, and his headstone is in that cemetery. If you remember, Beetlejuice uh, was looking through the paper for people that just died. Mm -hmm. Weren't they all from that town? Yeah, that would be the town's newspaper. Exactly. So Beetlejuice did live out there in the sticks. Yeah. That's Hmm. just a theory, but... Interesting. But we we do do have... We do know he committed suicide. That's why he is where he is. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, I've got a list here of some trivia. I guess we can roll into that if you're oh, ready. Yeah. Some Go trivia ahead. and fun facts, because uh, we are kind of getting into that territory now. Because I do have something in here that kind of talks about why Beetlejuice is where he is and does what he does. Oh, go ahead. But, um, I guess, yeah, here, one of the first facts I wrote down is that the original script for Beetlejuice was actually a horror movie. Um, Yes, I did know that. Like a straight up horror movie. Yeah. And he didn't look anything like what he did, what he does now today in this movie. They actually had him written as a winged reptilian demon who transformed into a uh, (laughs) Middle Eastern man. man. Oh my God. Yeah. And that specific small Middle Eastern man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. His goal was to kill the Dietzes, not just scare them out, but to actually kill them. And and he was supposed to have sexual urges for Lydia. And Lydia was supposed to have a younger sister Mm -hmm. named Kathy. And I guess there was a very violent scene written in where the demon mauls Kathy to death. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the whole the movie's supposed to end on like a really sour note where Lydia is murdered by Beetlejuice and she's forced to live out the rest of her life. Well, I guess her existence. I get Adam and Barbara. And it does it kind of toes the line of being a horror movie, but that's like completely different from what ended up being on screen. Yeah. And to tone it down, Tim Burton, this is another fact, I guess. He enlisted the help of Warren Scarron, mm-hmm. who directed Top Gun and Beverly Hills Cop Two. Yeah. To help to, make it more friendly. For to, yeah, family. tone down the violence just like a tad. And that's how Scarron wrote him as more of a con artist as opposed to this demon. Uh, he went with sort of like a used car salesman is what he was going for. Yeah, because the guy that wrote the original script mm-hmm. was a he was like a he was a book writer that wasn't really doing anything. He just decided one day he was going to write a movie script. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael McDowell. He uh, he tried to sell it to multiple people and someone even told him that he was very bright mm-hmm. <laughs> but that if he sells that script it will ruin any chances of him doing anything in hollywood if they went with the original script if they went with the original script it just so happened that it bounced tim burton's way remember how i said that he had scripts that he was turning down left and right mm-hmm. he found something in beetlejuice that he could use mm-hmm. and then had it completely rewritten 
Yeah. Well, and another fact about it is the the name itself. It kind of bounced around a couple different names, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he thought it, Tim Burton thought it was a joke, but Warner Brothers actually suggested the movie be called House Ghosts. Yeah. That's it. Just- <laughs> There's another good one, too. It's like um, Holy Sheets or something like that. Uh, scared Sheetless. Scared Sheetless. It was something fun. Yeah. Tim Burton thought it was a joke, so he suggested that as a joke back, and he was surprised when they said they liked it, and he was like, I was kidding. Yeah. So they did some marketing, came up with the name Beetlejuice, but the actual spelling of Beetlejuice, which is a constellation, I believe, or a star. It's a specific star. Yeah. But it marketed better spelling it phonetically. Yes. Instead of, like, the star. I I do remember reading that because... It plays into the whole thing about uh, the remember how the sandworms were on Saturn. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. it played into that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Now, w- earlier in the episode, I talked about how I couldn't picture anyone else being cast in this. I feel like it was casted perfectly. I know uh, what you're going to say. They had a hard time getting people on board for this script. Uh, do you know who the first person was to agree to the script? To the script or to playing a part in the script? To playing a part, I guess. To commit to the movie. Oh. Shoot. Uh, to play like... Beetlejuice? No, just to be in the movie. Oh, uh, no clue. Gina Davis. Really? She was the first person to commit to the to the project. It's just everyone thought it was so odd that they weren't sure it was going to be successful. But she was the first person to join. And then... The producer, David Geffen, yes, uh, he actually convinced Michael Keaton's agent to get Michael Keaton on board. Dick, I got to talk about that really quick. Okay. So with Michael Keaton, he turned that down twice. Okay. He just couldn't understand the script and he didn't understand the character at all. And Tim Burton was having a hard time describing what Beetlejuice is exactly. Mm-hmm. He's alive but he's dead. Uh-huh. He he is someone who's in between, but he's not in between anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? So pulling that to screen would be a really hard thing to do. So how do you bring that to life? So but he but they really liked each other. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Keaton accepted the role after they went to and had Mexican food together. As weird as that sounds. I mean, I'm down. I'd go get some Mexican food. Right now, yeah. If you want me to change my mind. (laughs) But it came after that that he's like, I want to reread the script. Can I make the character mine? Mm -hmm. And then he blew Tim Burton away with what he came up with. Okay. That's the complete look. He Originally, Beetlejuice wasn't going to have like any of the the striped suit and all that. Or the... uh, like the mold on his face, the crazy hair. Oh, yeah. And all that. He's kind of going to... What I've always read about it is he was kind of going to look like a lounge singer. Oh, no, I can't picture that. Yeah. I, I didn't understand it either. But when I was doing more like research on things, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Keaton watched Texas Chainsaw 2 which I brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. And in that movie, there's a character named Chop Top. Once you watch Beetlejuice, then watch that movie, 
you see exactly what Michael Keaton saw in that character to bring to this Tim Burton movie. Okay. It's got the, even down to the denture. Huh. Okay. Well, speaking of Michael Keaton being Beetlejuice, there was actually a long list of other actors that <laughs> they had slated who could have played Beetlejuice. And I cannot picture any of them. Tim Burton's pick is insane because I don't see it. But then again, it goes back to his his comedy. Yeah, his, Tim his Burton wanted Sammy Davis Jr. Now picture that as Beetlejuice. No, that's I can. That's the thing. These are all so weird. At one point, he also considered Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and let's see. Uh, it also could have been Bill Murray, Robin Williams, Jim Carrey. Tim Curry, Jack Nicholson, or Christopher Lloyd were yeah. all names considered. None of those, I, I don't, Tim Curry, maybe? The only one I think that would have been good for it, mm-hmm. outside of them, is Jack Nicholson. I could see Jack Nicholson or Tim but Curry. But now, Sammy Davis Jr. makes sense for the lounge singer thing. which is If they what, were going with that, yeah. Yes. You know, just, it's the underworld, baby. That kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Now, they did say that the role of Lydia was actually sought after by a lot of big-name actresses where they were having trouble. And they trouble. all shot it down. Or who shot it down? The actresses? Or? Yeah, Molly Ringwald. She is notorious for shooting down scripts. Well, let's see. According to some reports, they said that Diane Lane, Sarah Jessica Parker, mm-hmm. Lori Laughlin, Brooke Shields, Justine Bateman, Molly Ringwald, Juliet Juliet Lewis, and Jennifer Conley were all offered the role but turned it down. Yeah. I could see, let's see, 88, Juliet Lewis, maybe? Jennifer Conley. Or Jennifer Conley would be my Jennifer Conley would have been perfect for that movie. For Lydia? Absolutely. She was great in Labyrinth. She was right around that age. I guess, but I just picture her as that, like... Good girl. I don't know. Dance, magic, dance. That's yeah. That's picturing. Sure. <laughs> She's not in that song. She's in that movie. She's in that movie, but not that song. Um, picky, picky. Let's see. Oh, ooh, do you know who it came down to? I didn't read this part. Who the casting decision came down to? It was either Winona Ryder or Alyssa Milano. She really? was that close to getting the role. Oh, I mean, she was in, man, wasn't she in Charles in Charge? So she had, like, name value. That show was a hit. If I remember right, I think Melissa Muslano was in Charles in Charge, but I could be wrong. I always get her confused with the the other girl. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure. I've never seen it, so I couldn't tell you. Um, you mentioned this earlier. Beetlejuice only appears in the movie for 17 and a half minutes oh, of the close. 92 running total minutes. And he doesn't make his first appearance until 25 minutes in. That's crazy. So Michael Keaton only spent two weeks on set. Yeah. That was it. That's all he needed. He spent more time getting his makeup put on than he did actually playing in the movie. Mm-hmm. How crazy is that? Yeah. Oh, here you go. You just talked about... Um, how he kind of changed what the character would look like. Keaton gave his own take about the teeth and the green mold and all of that. You talked about that. Um, we knew that it was going to be a horror. Oh, there you chop top. You mentioned that one. 
Um, see, there's a couple of things we already touched on. Uh, unless you had some others just off the top of your head, I could scroll through and pull a couple more. It's crazy some of the names that they had linked to this movie mm-hmm. that pulled out because they couldn't understand the script. Like, I've heard all kinds of random names for characters. Like, even for the dad character, it was like someone, I I remember reading something, it was like John Learcat, John Lithgow, and then a few other names just for that role. Mm-hmm. And they they just shot it down. That's, I mean, I guess probably thinking the same thing everyone else did when they first read it is they just didn't understand it. It's that Tim Burton, Tim Burton humor. It's just, it's, it's it's in its own world. Mm -hmm. Oh, I wanted to read this because it's about the, the line when you first meet Beetlejuice. Uh, It says that Michael Keaton has said in interviews that of all the movies he's worked on, Beetlejuice is his favorite, supposedly followed by Batman. Um, Keaton reportedly was given broad creative freedom with his lines and ad-libbed most of his dialogue. This just makes Keaton's qualifications monologue that much funnier. Uh, And then he, the monologue is, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Peg and a pretty good time during that and seen The Exorcist about 167 times and it keeps getting funnier every, every single, single time, time I, I see it. <laughs> Not to mention that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what yeah. do you think? Think of all that. So that whole thing was ad-libbed. He just yeah. came up with that one. I assume I didn't think he would have. I'm surprised. He's that funny, though. If you don't believe that, watch a, a movie like The Other Guys. Oh. <laughs> he is hilarious in that movie. All right. That is a good one. You guys here for the bath mats? <laughs> that shouldn't be funny. Yeah, he was really good in that one. I forgot he was in it. <laughs> oh, one of the most iconic scenes in this movie is the dinner party scene. Oh, man. Uh, that famous song was almost never in the film. Tim Burton was set to use a song by the Ink Spots, but it was Catherine O'Hare who convinced Burton that the scene might work better with a Calypso song. Yeah, using all those, like, all that old music really helps. Because mm-hmm. you would think it would just be all dark and gloomy music. No, it's very upbeat. That's I don't even know who the Ink Spots are. And they didn't say what song. He They just said... No, that I don't think anybody knows who the ink spots are. And they won't. Now <laughs> no. they won't. But everyone knows the banana song or uh, the banana boat song. Right. And then even after he was convinced to use that song at the dinner party scene, it almost never made it into the final version of the film because studio execs at Warner Brothers hated it. And they thought that it was too strange and out of place. Uh, but that's is, why the movie works. Uh, right. It's ironic because that's... Strange and unusual. Like the whole movie. Yeah. Um, they had tried to urge him to cut it out completely, which he did at first. But then Danny Elfman reworked some of the score to allude to the song earlier in the movie and make it more co- cohesive. Mm-hmm. So... That's what Danny Elfman does, man. He's, he has a way of just making movie magic. Mm-hmm. I wish he could have done that with Wongo Boingo. Oh, I didn't know this. Um, Delia Dietz mm-hmm. uh, was almost, it was originally going to be played by Angelica Houston. I do remember seeing that. Mm-hmm. She got like sick or something. Yeah, they said, she, yeah, she had to back out after becoming ill. Um, 
And then Catherine O'Hare actually took on the role. Could you imagine that? The same woman that played Morticia Adams and the the lead witch from Witches was also would also have been in Beetlejuice. Uh, witches scared me. I saw that as a little kid and absolutely terrified me. She would have been too dominant for Beetlejuice, I think. Yeah, almost I mean? too serious. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Everybody else is walking. She's just floating <laughs> through scenes. Pretty much. Uh, we'll go ahead and jump to the last one because I know I've covered quite a few different topics. But mm-hmm. this last little fun piece of trivia is that Beetlejuice has one of the best epilogues in film, which is what we were just talking about. Not only do we get another Harry Belafonte song, Jump in the Line, Shakes and Aura. <laughs> But we also get the head shrinking scene. In that scene, Beetlejuice is seen in the waiting room outside Juno's <laughs> office with a very, very long wait ahead of him. He tricks the witch doctor into trading numbers only to have his head shrunken by the shaman. The scene was actually not shot during the principal shooting. It was added later during post-production. Because which... people didn't want to see Beetlejuice. They ended up liking Beetlejuice. They didn't want to see him have a terrible ending. I could see it, though. I mean, you can tell he looks different than from the rest of the movie yeah for sure so they were for those two weeks they were so used to doing the makeup and costume the same way over and over and who knows how long it went from post-production like yeah like now that you say that it doesn't even look like he's wearing the denture in the end no his hair looks different and Mm -hmm. he's wearing the different colored suit but that oh he's wearing the suit from the wedding though right which there was a little piece of trivia about that, I guess. Because do you want to know why Lydia was wearing red? Yeah, I don't know, but the, I'm interested. Okay, this says that during the climax of the film, as Beetlejuice attempts a forced marriage to Lydia, he fits her into a red wedding dress. The casual viewer may just think that it plays into the macabre visual of the film, but it's actually an allusion to an old rhyme about wedding dresses. The third stanza of the rhyme is, married in red, you will wish yourself dead. That's unique. That is really doing your research. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just to fit the the look of the film. I didn't Yeah, realize. I never would have put that together. Just aesthetically, that red worked with what it looked like in the scene. Mm-hmm. And it plays to a poem. Yeah, that's crazy. It says, if you wear red, you'll wish yourself dead. Or marry in red, you'll wish yourself dead. <laughs> I'm telling you, honey, she meant nothing to me. Nothing at all. Oh, God. That... Uh, just don't think too much about it, I guess, this grown man trying to take a child bride. It's cool. I'm sure it's, you know. He's trying to join the living. Yeah, it didn't matter. Couldn't <laughs> grab Delia. Couldn't do that, I get. Well, she's already married. I guess he does have some morals. He's, oh, she's already married. I can't. Well, he did hit on uh, Barbara quite a lot. Yeah, it didn't matter. But they're already dead. I don't know. I don't know where the line... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, God, I didn't even get to talk about Juno too much, which we like Juno. There was stuff in there about the civil servants, which I think is kind of um, that was common knowledge, is that they say, Otho makes the comment where they say if you commit suicide, you become a civil servant in the afterlife. Oh, he does at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And then you see everyone in the afterlife who's all working in the office and they all seem to have some type of And the injury. girl wearing the, uh, what was she? She's like a 
pageant winner or something like that. Mm-hmm. She shows her uh, her wrists. Yep. Oh, here we go. I found it. Uh, Tim Burton in the film's writers decided to make those who commit suicide civil servants in the afterlife. There are subtle clues throughout the movie as it pertains to Beetlejuice, but his story was mysteriously left open-ended. It's revealed that he was Juno's former assistant, mm-hmm. meaning he was a civil servant in the afterlife. Uh, that This was going to be explained, but it was cut, mostly. His suicide is hinted at when Lydia said she wishes she would die. And Beetlejuice's story is that he hanged himself, though incompetently and painfully, due to heartbreak. Hmm. So they never really tell you, but it's... And then Juno has the cut in her throat, so Mm -hmm. that's a crazy way to go, that she slit her own throat. Mm Mm-mm. That's nuts. Another piece of trivia for that. Mm -hmm. When you're in Juno's office... There's that scene where you can see out her window and there are people like just out there. Like mm-hmm. there's like a looks like a Roy Orbison ghost and like some skeletons. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be like so we're watching the movie, right? Uh, right. Us at home are watching the movie. That's people in the afterlife watching us watch the movie. I guess that's very meta. <laughs> yes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just Tim Burton just being ahead of everybody. Mm-hmm. But. I'll go ahead and I'll leave the trivia there. There's several more things I could have covered, but those were some of the highlights. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about the sequel that was planned that kept getting pushed back, and now it's just in purgatory. See, I didn't come across the sequel, so... Yeah, Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian. He goes... how? Now, how can Beetlejuice get... How could they leave? Because the Maitlands are stuck in the house. I'm just saying... This is this was the planned sequel. It doesn't mean they had to be in it. And they'd already released the cartoon. The Maitlands aren't in it. That's true. Hmm. I don't know. I'm sure, of course, they would have written in some loophole that Beetlejuice can travel for some reason. Well, with a name like Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, there's no way he wasn't going to be like a hero character. Like I Surf's guess. Up, Beetlejuice is what it's going to be. It'd be like Batman. <laughs> I Beetlejuice got to win that contest. Beetlejuice is fine as a standalone. I don't. I wouldn't want to see. No, it doesn't need a sequel. You get everything you need out of the one movie. The most I think I would accept is a prequel. I may take a prequel just to see Beetlejuice before he dies to you know get everyone's backstory. See, I don't even know if I'd want that. I think you that that adds too much to a character you're not supposed to know a lot about. Yeah, but I don't makes him less special. But I would take that before I would take a sequel. If I had to choose, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess a, a prequel. I would want a prequel. Um, unless you had any other more information. No, I think we covered a lot of good stuff about it. Oh, it won three Saturn Awards, which Juno won for Best Supporting Actress. Okay. I can't, her name is, what'd you say, Sydney? No. Uh, what is her real name? Sylvia, Sydney, something like that. She had like the double S name. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. I oh, had yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was like Sylvia Sydney. Yeah. I was thinking of someone else. But yeah, she won. That movie also won for... What else did it win? Oh, it won for Best Makeup, of course, which mm-hmm. it just kept killing everything. But it won for Best Horror Movie. Really? Yes. In a year with a ton of horror movies. Like what, though? It beat Child's Play. It'd be Dead Ringers, which I don't know if you've ever seen that one. 
No, I've not seen that one. It beat Hellbound Hellraiser 2, which to me is the best Hellraiser film. Mm-hmm. It beat uh, my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie, Part 4, The Dream Master. It beat Waxwork, and it beat Halloween 4. See, I don't think that's fair. I don't... It wasn't really a horror movie to me. I, I don't... I wish I had a better... Like, you know those other where... horror movies were ticked. There's yeah. no way. Because I feel, I feel like that wasn't fair. I can't say that it doesn't have horror elements. Do you have to fear going to a Saturn and all that? I guess. I, I don't know. That just seems like a cheap shot. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, if I were somebody on that voting panel... I would not have voted for Beetlejuice for Best Horror Film. No, not up against those. I wouldn't have. No. Especially when some of them are like like peaks for their franchises. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, any other but, fun little tidbits there? Well, Danny Elfman, he worked on that and Scrooge. I think I might have brought that up already, but I'm not sure. Yes. Which I do like Scrooged. <laughs> I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we can just go right into... Our rating. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll wrap up Beetlejuice. And now we're going to do our rating off of three different categories here. Impact, uh, Rewatch, slash Rewind, mm-hmm. and Quality. Okay. So, so go we'll ahead and start with Impact. So um, for Impact... Uh, I think this is really just what the movie has meant over the years, how it stood up. Mm-hmm. Its impact on society. And... Yeah. Holy cow. As um, far as like Tim Burton fans go, mm-hmm. I think this is in always going to be in their top three. No matter what, no matter what the other two movies are, I think it's there. I think that depends on what... Um generation you're talking to maybe i you could be right there Mm -hmm. but it's big in the goth community horror community Mm -hmm. uh moviegoers just moviegoers in general love beetlejuice it's been able to last multiple decades yeah that's why i don't know if you can make a sequel to it also it would almost hurt the movie yeah to do that and i think just leaving it by itself and not making a sequel adds to the charm of it because you can't to me now what they did back then you can't match the look of the makeup and all that and make it that perfect it it was just a once in a a lifetime thing that they did Mm -hmm. well on a scale to one to five i'm hard pressed to give it anything but a five i think the impact of it it's lasting and it it does i feel like just generation after generation can watch it and enjoy it right they are and it's still people still like it aesthetically like you always see someone dressed as beetlejuice for halloween yes beetlejuice merchandise and memorabilia Uh, i give it a five and it got a cartoon it got video games i mean the video games were all shit i never played the games yeah the only one that's like actually pretty good was it was for game boy so yeah. you're still talking 30 years ago. <laughs> but 
Maybe a four and a half. I mean, nobody's perfect. See, I'm also an overthinker, so now yeah. I'm like wanting to take it back. But four and a half to five, I think it's darn near perfect as far as impact, personally. Impact, I think I got to give it a... Mm. I'm also going to give it a 4.5. Don't want to go the full five? I'm hard-pressed to give it a full five because I don't think it gets brought up like it used to. Like I think it still has the impact it had. Mm-hmm. I just think the impact is drawing back. Just because, you know, Michael. but Michael Keaton had the resurgence. Tim Burton's kind of went away. And one on Ryder had her resurgence with Stranger Things. Yeah. I guess it is kind of dwindling as time goes on, but not by much. No. That's why I think a 4.5 is fair. Mm-hmm. All right. Rewind. Rewatch. <laughs> I think it's it's very re- rewatchable. I think mm-hmm. it's one of those movies I can always pop in just to be entertained. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be during the fall. I personally like to watch it during the fall. Yeah. But if it came out in March, I'd watch it in the springtime. I could see that too. But like with this movie, I feel like you always notice something new. Yeah. I only recently realized the his model has the hole in the bridge yeah and it never occurred i mean it literally opens up with the movie he's going to get a part to fix it and that never occurred to me that that's what he was fixing right it's crazy mm-hmm. um and i do it's on my list to watch like every year i make it a point to watch it at least once a year i want to yeah. um again it's like i want to give it a five but 4.5 I don't know if I'll give it a full five, but kind of. Rewatchability. I think this movie's strong because I think you can always watch it no matter who you're with. It's the point of rewatching it that becomes the problem. I guess. I feel like it just ends up on a lot of people's suggested watch list when it comes to the fall. So I'm going to give it a four. Oh, okay. I mean, I want to give it a 4.5. I think it falls right into the four category. Now, I could be wrong. Well, it's your personal opinion. Right. We'll take that. Um, Then the last thing that we're going to rate it on is the quality. Quality. Which is just overall. The aesthetic, the makeup, the music. Mm -hmm. Just all those great things about it. Now, this I'm giving a five. I think I have to, yeah. I don't like it can't be perfect across the board, but there's just too many memorable things about it. The banana boat song. I know it's not an original song, but no, but no that one scene would, is, is great. No one would care about that song if it weren't for Beetlejuice, you know? Right. Danny Elfman's music, his just music in general in that is great. Mm-hmm. Danny Elfman also has his like calling card, if you will. Yeah, um, definitely has a signature sound. Without seeing his name, you can hear something and assume it is Danny Elfman. Yeah, and I definitely think this, like Beetlejuice is the movie where he really established who he is. Because, really? Yes. I, mean, I guess I don't know what he did before that that would have been so... He was Big Adventure. Yeah, that's got... I mean, the music's pretty good in that, but yeah, Beetlejuice, he just... I don't know. You hear it and you know it, and mm-hmm. and the look we talked about. Just I love the colors. I love, especially when they're in the afterlife. Have you noticed how like claustrophobic certain parts of it look? 
Yes. <laughs> like when they're walking through there and the guy's flat as a board. Not only is that part where he has to go through the wall like yeah, just claustrophobic, but like all those papers being around and stuff, it just, it kind of shrinks the room. You're talking to someone riddled with anxiety. Of course I noticed. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I was shaking watching that part and not because they're dead, but because like, you would think when you die, you'd have wide open spaces, but. Right. Even when she opens the thing that I call it numbers, mm-hmm. like it, everything behind her is just crammed. Yeah. Ugh, no, don't like it. <laughs> don't like it at all. I like it. It does such a good job of making me not like it. That's why I like it. <laughs> oh, even the Lost Souls room. Like, they're, like, just packed oh, in there, the just ghosts. floating around. Yeah. Well, they're souls, not ghosts. But, yes. No, yeah. It's death for the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they come back and you realize months have passed and the Dietzes have made all these changes to the house <laughs> and Delia's put her... Her stamp on her it. Her touch into the home. Yeah, all of it, I think... I'll give it a solid five. Overall, it's very good. Yes, it's a great movie. And then I guess an overall rating. um, So a four, a five, and a 4.5. You don't have to average it if you don't want to. If you just want to go with everything got good numbers, I'll give it a good number. I'm not a big math person. I'll give it a 4.5. Give it a 4.75 because I desperately (laughs) wanted to give it a five in all categories, but I couldn't commit but I really liked it. I really like it too. It's hard not to give that movie a five. Mm-hmm. And now I really want to watch it. We just watched it recently again, <laughs> but <laughs> I'd watch it again. I don't care. You know, I might just say overall it's a five. I really want to. I do too. It's this is I'm biased because this is one of my favorite movies. I think I didn't realize it until I started really doing your research. Well, and when we started talking about doing this podcast, I've, just always drawn to this movie like i knew i wanted it on the list and yeah end up being one of my favorites like i was excited to see that we were going to do it this early Mm -hmm. (sighs) let's be on the fence about it what on the fence about what what we're gonna give it because we can talk about this again later all right i guess that's fine but i right now i'm gonna give it a 4.5 all right and you're giving it a 4.75. 4.75, yes. I can agree with that. All right. I think that brings us to the close of... That about wraps it up. Our episode on Beetlejuice. Yep. Thank you for having this conversation, Meg. I know. It was fun. <laughs> we got to have a really good time talking about this movie. It was good. And it... <sighs> like, we might have jumped around a little bit, especially me. But <laughs> at least we came back to it. It's fine. You know what? It's our podcast, and if we like it, we're going to do it, and hopefully you guys like it too. That's the goal (laughs) anyway, and we want to keep doing this. But, um, again, if we're working on – we've still got some things in the works. I'm Absolutely. Just because this is recorded so early, it's hard to tell. Hopefully we'll have some more stuff posted for you guys, but you can find us on our social media, Facebook and Instagram. And we're working on Twitter and mm-hmm. Slasher. Slasher. I'm very, very, very big mm-hmm. on Slasher. I love that app. And we'll have a website soon. That way we can plug the link. But you can probably find that on our social media once we have that up and running. Mm-hmm. Uh, extra content. We're already talking about what we're going to do for Patreon content. So if Shoot. you guys want to... What? 
We might talk about Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian just for the Patreon. Because <laughs> that... I am so entertained with why this movie was even in the works. Mm-hmm. There's so much to talk about for it. I I really want to talk about it for that. And that the Patreon is really going to be for the extra stuff that we aren't going to cover in our normal episodes. Or if we kind of want to veer off from our normal uh, structure, uh, we're going to have Patreon in the future where if you guys want to support us and donate mm-hmm. a little bit monetarily, then you could get access to extra content that we'll be working on. Uh, merchandise will be Which working we've come on up with in some the future. Really cool ideas for the merchandise. Um, but that uh, really, really rad stuff. Rad stuff. <laughs> Not Brad stuff. Rad stuff. Oh, now I'm thinking about Olivia Newton-John again. It's Brad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Back to Greece. Why, <laughs> That's Greece, too, heard, though. That is Greece, too. I hear a name. Oh, but Brad was her husband in real life. Oh, yeah, that guy was. Yeah. Look, we brought it full circle. I didn't mean to. Why did I take that name and just immediately go back to Greece? I don't know, but that was kind of impressive. Like, romance I, with Brad, and then I, it ended up being linked to the living in John. I'm impressed with myself. We're going to have to end it now before I spoil it. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Next week on the Retro Club. It what it's their reaction, and it just seemed too obvious. I think the fact that they were so calloused, it's right. Like, eh, it can't, you know, puts it right in your face. Mm-hmm. But the, it was them the whole time. The rest of the movie is obvious and in your face. I mean, if we fast forward to, because there's just like a lot of building of characters, getting to know people, and Rose McGowan's nipples, and oh man, <laughs> and see, I'm not a Rose McGowan. Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Megan Harris. Research is by John and Megan Harris. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Slasher at RetroClubPod. Or visit our website at RetroClubPod.com for episode information and more. You can listen to the Retro Club on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and more. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, or we'll find you.